Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by, joined with Vance. I don't sound right today. Um, he's sitting in front of Ranger. We have Todd Young on the telephone, the old telly. I Telefo- wish you- telephone line's working good, too. No problems. Yeah, don't say that. Sorry, I jinxed I want to go to, like, the old rotary phone. It's like, shink, <laughs> shink. Vance, do you even remember those? I No, no, I don't. Really? Vance was born when there's only touchscreens. Mm-hmm. Yes. He came out and he's like, hey, Siri. Yeah. Beep, beep. That's right. Pay phones. You don't remember pay phones then? No, I remember pay phones. Yeah. I change yeah. them all the time. Come out with the S on my chest. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> you don't remember rotary phones, but you know a pay phone? The Superman <laughs> reference. I, I understand the reference, but that's that's old school stuff. Well, I'm, I, I, I remember Superman. He used to do that. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm old. I, I got a, I got a story. It's fishing related. Before we go sci-fi stuff here, um, <laughs> I might have told this, but back I there was always like this thing that me and my friends did, like elementary school, early, you know, high school. We didn't have a middle school, and uh, who had the bigger tackle box? And like then you tried to like map it out smart and stuff like that. I remember uh, when I was dating my wife. She's like, why do you have two quarters in your tackle box? It was in one of these small compartments. And I said, because sometimes my mom would drop me off to fish this area. And when I was done, I would go up to the payphone and put two quarters in and call her. Wow. So, and she's then like, cool. that's pretty smart. And I'm like, that's how I got home. Always had a reserve, yeah. So, that's just... Kind of goes. So now I was, you know, this spot was I was fishing was in town. Obviously, it's not like dropping me off in the woods. And they're like, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. there's a payphone around that. Good luck finding a phone. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyways, <laughs> my payphone thing to get this back on track. So uh, this podcast, it's brought to you by Fatty Z Musky products. FattyZMusky.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We make jerk baits, rubber baits, rubber swim baits. That is. The Stinger Glide Bait, we make rod holders. We have several variations. We Very accommodating for anyone's situation. There's many boat styles. I'm not saying we can cover them all, but we do our best. So uh, give us a chance if you're setting up a boat. I believe if you're musky fishing, you're not going to find a better rod holder than ours. And give me the chance to explain it, and I think I can convince you. So... Check us out. Check out Boss Shad. BossShad.com. The new store is up and running. So uh, check that out. He did a really nice job. He's also on Facebook. He's on Instagram. I love his Instagram. He takes some nice photos, puts stuff up often. And Mark's Bait Tackle and Ammo. You can check that out. Ravenna, Ohio. They also have an online store. They carry a boatload. And that's an awful, awful like pun reference there mm-hmm. of boss shads he has i'm i say all but i'm not sure if he has all because we did get some of them special limited run baits that he uh did for the shows for the shows that's it i couldn't spit it out quick enough there you go so uh but check them out mark's bait tackling ammo ravenna ohio they have a facebook page they have an online store if you need boss shads and you need them now so he stocks them and we got muddy creek todd take it away Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Check out our website. We also do have a Facebook page if you want to like that. I don't really do a whole bunch in the off-season on it. I just, uh, but, uh, you know, if you want to get hold of us, do some fishing. Vance is going to be doing some guiding again this year, and uh, we're fishing at Chautauqua Lake Memorial Day through, oh, sometime in November there. I have I have one pretty cool day there, like uh, still open be like Tuesday or Wednesday that first week of the season right after right after Memorial Day it'll be it'll be one of the first trips of the year for me and I got that date open and there's like I got one or two other days open in June but we'll get you in Vance can get you in lots of stuff open throughout the summer and the fall also doing some stuff locally here mid-April mid to late April we'll get started and gonna be fishing some in May gonna be hitting up Pima Tuning Lake always a chance at a big fish there and uh Conneaut Lake, we'll do some piking and caught some couple nice muskies there last year too, so there's always that chance. There's nice ones in there, so uh, it's a pretty lake to fish. Anybody likes to cast, 
I don't really do any trolling there. I mean, that's one I want to take guys when they want to cast. Beautiful lake to cast on. Natural lake we have here in Pennsylvania. And I enjoy fishing it. So You, you could uh, end up very disappointed if you troll that lake. Yeah, it's a that it's, that is yeah. a terrible reference to make fun of myself. But go ahead, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I have some stuff that uh, yeah. We, we we usually don't do much trolling. It's a casting paradise. Beautiful water, beautiful weeds, and uh, there's a lot of toothy critters in there. A lot of them have spots, but there's still a lot of toothy critters. And some of them are like Pringles cans with yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. which I'm referencing Bowfin, which I the did Bowfin. a poor yeah. job yeah. doing that. Yes, <laughs> I'm just striking out tonight but yeah okay <laughs> synchro rods yeah jeez louise you're doing my job now well after those two comments it's i, I better take over yeah take the wheel vance yeah synchro rods give them a fair shake they uh do all species uh we use their rods all season uh for muskies but they do it for everything walleyes pan fishing ice fishing all that stuff offshore stuff uh give them a fair shake if you're in the market for a rod all right, so we kind of have a theme going for this this show, and it's all related to like river fishing and and stream fishing. Stream fishing, okay. So pretty much fishing off the bank or in smaller craft in smaller water, and I'm gonna be like jumping the gun here. Number four power ranking has nothing to do with that. But three, two, one does. So Vance, tell yeah. us about number four power ranking. Coming in at <laughs> last place, uh, which is mine. Air ride seats. <laughs> <laughs> Love them on the uh, on the stream, on the river. <laughs> I like having a four hundred dollars seat base in my canoe. Oh, you backpack it in. You stick it in the mud. You're bouncing around. Slipping, you you fall right back on that air ride seat. It pops you right back up. Nothing like it. But um, yeah, air ride seats on the water. There's been many a times when they've taken, you know, hits for me when I'm when I'm skipping across the water in the tiller, especially in the back of the boat. Sometimes I do fly out of mine, uh, but that's just and you because, land in the water and you swim because back of, up that's just because because of, of of driving uh, and whatnot. But they do take the brunt uh, of some pounding waves and whatnot. Even in those, those uh, like, uh, not center consoles, but uh, full windshield boats and whatnot, they get some really intense-looking ones. It, it looks like they have an accordion attached to I was going to say, they, they have an accordion bell oh, yeah. in there. Um, yeah, those things are The bad. only thing I can say about this, I, I had very little experience with air ride seats. Um if you had a boat that rode as smooth as mine, it's not necessary. Oh. <laughs> and why does Ranger make them? Ranger, right? They have their own brand? Uh, well, Ranger puts them in their boats. They're a high-end boat. What do you expect? I guess. I'm talking about my boat. It is. All you big 621 people out there, you need to drop back to the nice 17-foot version. Yeah, you don't, and don't use it yeah. on waters that have waves, and you will never say, I need an air ride seats. <laughs> you don't need a seat, period, because you, you're never driving because, the thing. It's constantly parked. Or if you're like Vance laying in the floor. That's true, yeah. <laughs> to save room, we don't put a passenger seat in. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'll just lay down here with the rods. Get us there safe. But air ride seats, if you're in the boat market, I would I would definitely choose choose that option, at least for the steering wheel side. And I also, in my boat, I cannot get it. I have no seat base. It is like screwed, fastened right down to the top half of the hull, mm -hmm. just the way the molding is. So <laughs> that's probably why I'm bitter about that one. Because <laughs> I would. Well... Coming in for having nothing to do with our topic of discussion is Air Ride Seats, brought to you by me. Coming in at three in this week's podcast power rankings. Todd, take it away. Yeah, it's at uh, finding finding that spot, spot on the spot. You know, throughout the years, you have a spot on the lake or a spot on the river, spot on the stream, and it's just one of those places that you know you go and you there's a rock pile there, there's a hump there, and uh, you know showing up 10 years later and throwing that bait out there and there she is you know there's another one laying there uh finding those areas that always produce for you and they're out there 
whether it's a, a weed bed or whether yeah. it's an eddy or a rock pile in that stream. Mm-hmm. I know when I go bank yanking with Andy, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to recreate that, find that spot on the spot where fish have been held. Um, and it's, it's crazy, but it does work. I mean, there's still fish there. Yep. Yeah, I still need to get Vance a musky bank yanking. And going along with the theme, when, when Todd says this rock pile, just the other day I'm like, Vance, I called it here, and I'm going to call it again. There was this rock, and I, I've caught a fish off the rock, and I've brought another person there, and I said, if you want to catch a fish, cast it over this rock, and you're going to catch a fish. And I was the hero. I was the Superman mm-hmm. as a throwback yeah. right now. Nice. And the kid caught a fish. And then I took Vance there. I said, one cast, watch. Tell me when the fish hits. <clears throat> Nothing. <laughs> completely nothing <laughs> crickets not even crickets <laughs> they were too embarrassed they looked away <laughs> but we'll go more into depth on on this You'll, we'll talk about this trip because it was kind of our first trip out and just some decisions and stuff that we had to make and that's the problem sometimes with choices is having to make decisions yeah, so that's true so the spot on spot but yeah there are like when I take Vance around or I take anybody around when I go bank yanking, I ha- I'm just like, for whatever reason, I feel compelled to have to talk up these spots with all previous trip, you know, experiences and fish caught and neat things that happened there. And I can just tell Vance like, yeah, yeah, I bet it doesn't matter to me because nothing's happening now. I do not give <laughs> off that vibe. No, but I, I needed to throw you under the bus to, oh my to, God. to convey that. <laughs> to try and make yourself feel better. To, yeah, to just to make you think that this spot is going to work. You probably the next time. think that I'm just going to a spot park and be like, "Let's go try here," and I'm just in the back of my head saying, "Please be a fish." You're a terrible guide. Hey, I'm not terrible. I'm giving you <laughs> great quality spots. I, I am so bad that I let. He packed one bait that he never used. That's true. And he used my rod and reel, and I hauled his stuff around for him. <laughs> and who was the person that caught a fish? Yeah, it's true. But we'll talk about that yeah. fish later. <laughs> we will. Oh, I'm I'm kid- oh I'm kidding. God. Andy's not a, Andy's not a bad guy. It's I'm not good enough to be on Muddy Creek, I can tell you that. Todd? I'm just not. Crickets from Todd. There it goes. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. It's we're, true we're though. Kidding. I brought it up. <laughs> okay, but yeah, uh, Andy got you got me on a fish. You know, I was just so down on myself. I was just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> a couple times, you know. It was chilling there. I was carrying you, and I'm just like, catch it. Yeah. And you're like, ah, fish. What's the meaning of life? I was going through a dark time. The boat was not running. I just spent a bunch of money on crap. But we were in my boat. I think I caught a pike that day. You probably did. Yeah. But anyways, so spot on spot, it's, it's, that is something that's really nice because I will grind on them and that can make or break your season. If, if, you know, if everything else is the same and you're having an average season, if you find that specific spot that gives you, and it's going to be different for everybody. If it gives you an extra fish, an extra two fish, three fish, four fish, a dozen fish, that's the difference of an average season or a good season. Yeah. Sometimes they stay forever. Sometimes they're there for a short little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. We'll, 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 you know, touch on that. There's a reason you're going back to those spots, and I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah, three, spot on a spot. Uh, we had some fun with that one. Number two. Um,. Who are we going with? We're going with That's Todd. Me. On we're going. We're we're going with. Oh yeah, Andy on this one. I'm reading it right off your card. Yeah. Whoops. Okay, mine is. It's been a long time since I went on a good bank yanking trip, and referencing the trip that Vance and I recently had, we get in the truck. I'm driving a little bit faster than I normally would, and I'm just like, "There's going to be people here. There's going to be people here," and we round the corner. And there was another car there, but we didn't see anyone fishing. We pulled up. I didn't see too many tracks there, 
but we, we fish the spot. Then we get up and we move in, in fish world, a huge distance in car world. It's not that far. And, uh, we get to these spots that I, you know, these spots saved me many, many years ago. And I look and I'm like, there's no footprints in the mud, nothing. All the spots that we went on this section had no traffic at all. So I'm like, these fish, if there's even fish there, have been untouched mm-hmm. for a long time. And the uh, elevation that we're above the, the river is such that it takes a lot of water to wipe these footprints out. And it does. Every year it does it at least a couple times. But there was no indication of any human activity there. So mm-hmm. I was pretty pumped that it's like, oh, I've been away, but the fish haven't been pounded on yeah. in these holes. Mm-hmm. So it gave me... And it's it's kind of tough to tell. We've talked about this on the power rankings before. Pulling up to a spot on a lake, no one's been there. But you don't know if it hasn't been fished, you know. It could have been an hour, yeah, yeah, an hour before. So it just gives you that nice feeling. Is it going to change anything? It may. It may not. I've caught fish, you know, after a boat's moved out of an area right where they were fishing. And I'm sure that's happened to me. I wasn't there to watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you're bank yanking and you're so into a spot, like the spots that I took you, Vance, literally, you could cast over them four times if you could swing the rod. Mm -hmm. So it's you got to be tuned in to like, I'm casting every three feet. And if you see a bunch of footprints there that look fresh, you're like, what am I going to do that's special? You're already kind of yeah. down in the game. but Yeah. Get into a spot. Nobody's been there on the bank. Look Perfect. for those, those footprints. That's a very, very cool one. Uh, coming in at... That's, it, touching base back on that one. Spots on the bank... Uh, they're very secretive. I, that's why I blindfolded you. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, you, you you see the pictures on the internet. People use that app to to blur out the background and stuff like that. Uh, it's serious stuff. When you find those spots, spots on the spot, stuff like that. I, I've so. seen one where a guy was holding a fish. He was all bundled up and stuff, but he was on a sandy beach with palm trees. <laughs> yeah, photos that looked like mm-hmm. no, that was real. the ocean in the background yeah Yeah, uh it's serious stuff on the bank especially when it's so this is going to be like a combination of number two and number three when it's a spot that you found through your own hard work or just by guess by golly Mm -hmm. um Having just knowing that that's yours and no one else is going to tamper with it is one thing, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get a little bit more on, you know, what to look for and stuff. But there's a lot of these things that I found just by grinding away at it. And, uh, yeah, so it is, it is kind of like a little, my precious it's. Yeah. My precious. I like it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, coming in at one on this week's podcast power ranking is the canoe fish the canoe fish and that was a submission from drew morrison drew morrison and uh he went on and told us about you know catching fish from the canoe you know not everybody you know and, and there's meant multitude of reasons why you'd want to fish out of a canoe one you can pick it up and drag it across a field mm-hmm Another reason why is that might be what your budget allows. Another reason why that might be what the water that you fish allows. But, you know, there's there's like it's almost like there's different tiers of musky fishing. And everyone can rank them however. You know, some people might say, well, trolling is by far the easiest way. The next hardest is casting. Then it would be like, fly fishing Mm -hmm. but then you can start throwing in well what about the people who don't even have a boat well i know this much i'd be willing to set the hook 50 times harder standing on the bank than i ever would in a canoe (laughs) because i would be in the water yeah absolutely yeah and everything else that i own would be in the water yeah you got to have a uh, a good center of gravity for sure 
yeah, I'm, I'm, it might not look it. I got good balance, mm. but you I know, like, like feet on both sides of the gunnel, you know what I'm saying? Like spread, you, you got to get a good base on that canoe. Yeah. And you got to learn how to shift weight and mm-hmm. do it quick and spontaneously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that is, I'm trying to think generally, like when I would do my canoe trips, I would get to a spot that I, I most likely know is this is a good hole. I will go and beach the canoe and step out and then go fishing <laughs> just just for the stability reasons. Yeah. Because sometimes when you're fishing with two guys and you both want to throw musky bait, sitting in a canoe is not ideal. Yeah. I'm a, fishing out of a canoe, in my opinion, is very difficult to be, even if you're just dragging jigs on the bottom for walleyes. Yeah. And then you you get you know if you get into a muskie that thing is probably towing you around a little bit, you know, spinning the boat, spinning the boat. You're standing up trying to fight it, and you got to net the thing. You know that's all that's all difficult stuff. So I mean it could be that much more gratifying when you do bag the fish, you know. Especially if you're using a fly rod on a canoe. <laughs> yeah, that would be like the ultimate. The challenge. ultimate, yeah. No, but this guy's, you know, his 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 submission spawned our whole idea for this one, something we haven't talked about in a while. And it's it's getting, and, you know, I don't know about how much about the canoes, but uh, kayak, canoe slash kayak, I think he worded it that way when he sent it in. I mean, that kayak fishing is becoming very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I see I see a lot of guys musky fishing out of them. You know, some of our little local lakes here, I see guys trolling. I mean, they got them, they got them set up, depth finders. Trolling rods, trolling, trolling, uh, uh, you know, rod, rod holders. holders, rod holders, pedal canoes where I've been trolling and, you know, they're, they're cruising around. They're, they're covering some water, you know, and, uh, you know, getting some exercise as they're doing it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I fished out of a canoe. It is, uh, you know, well, I mean, I've fished out of a canoe a lot, but, you know, got some muskies out of there. I, I, I'll be honest. I never did it standing up. I never did much standing up. We were always sitting down. But uh, we should do a trip down the Allegheny River, like a four-day trip, and we'd, you know, we, we, we'd we do some musky fishing on that trip, four days, three nights, stayed out, camped out. It was a family ordeal, but uh, it is fun, and it just comes back to the point where, uh, you know, you don't need all the fancy gear and don't always have to be going to these these high-name lakes and traveling 18 hours to get to some other state. I mean. It can be done right here locally. You can do it very. You can do it wading. All you need is a pair of waders. You don't even need waders, at some spots, you know. But uh, the fish are around right around here where we live, and I'm sure it's that way everywhere. You know, all of our streams, anywhere where there's lakes around, those streams in the area are going to hold some fish. And uh, it is very satisfying to catch those fish uh, that particular way. Awesome. So uh, that wraps up. This week's podcast power rankings uh, coming in at four has nothing to do with our topic, air ride seats. Uh, Three, the spot on the spot. Two, no footprints on the bank. And coming in at one, the canoe fish. Awesome stuff. If you want to get involved, uh, send in your submission anyway. Uh, Facebook Messenger, Instagram Messenger, comment on a post uh, and we'll get you involved. Been having a lot of fun with this. Uh, thank you guys for getting involved and keeping it going. Perfect. That's going to lead us into, I bet you guys haven't guessed the topic yet, (laughs) but small river, small stream, creek, whatever you want to call it. Generally it's running water. It's not very wide, but it's very long. So, you know, I guess we'll, we'll kind of kick off kick it off with just the lackluster story of Vance and I's trip. So <clears throat> we, uh, oh gosh, how, how much detail do we want to start off with? Well, we can't give away the spots. No, we can't. But anyway, so we decide to go. I'm, I'm cutting off all the, the... It was too good. It was, yeah, it was incredible, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. We filled up our picture galleries on our phone. Yeah, 64 gig phones are just packed full. Stacked with photos. Giant 60-inch fish, (laughs) 70-pounders. Oh, yeah. So, okay, anyways. So, the weatherman was totally incorrect on what was going to happen. 
on, on this this weekend, and it wor- worked out to be like a really really nice day. So we're like, oh, we got some time. Let's let's just go and see what happens. So we we go to the first spot, and it's probably like my high confidence spot. We fished that, you know, not much really happened in there, but we were out, we were slinging baits. It was nice out. Then at this point, I'm like, Vance, we have three directions to go. We can go west, we can go east, and we can go south with the amount of time that we have. So this is where I said having too many options sometimes makes it difficult to choose. I don't even know if that's exactly the way I said it. But (laughs) um, I have so many spots that I've earned that I sometimes don't know where to go. And I'm more or less, this time of year, this springtime where the pike could be starting to spawn, or they probably are, and it's just that weird transition springtime that I almost... If it wasn't for me wanting to go fishing because now it's warmer out, I probably would want to skip. Now I've had some good days, but even still, it's it, it gets difficult to pin these fish, these real pre-spawn river fish for me. I know there's fish there, but just getting them to, to, to move on a bait. So I'm throwing all these options out in advance, and I know that he knows nothing about it because I've taken him to like just a couple. Mm-hmm. I think at one point on this one stretch of river, I had over 40 spots that I can bank yank. Yeah. And that doesn't include a whole nother river system that I don't have on that. So I finally said, you know what? I haven't been over here in a while. Let's just hop in the truck and go. Plus it also lended well for us to swoop into town and get some pizzas afterwards. Yes, 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 yes. So that, that was part of the decision-making was uh, dinner. <laughs> so anyways, we go and we park at the spot we go to our to where i say this is where we're gonna fish and there's no footprints there so i'm pretty excited and we're working and i'm like please something come up just something show show us a tail Mm -hmm. because in the back of my mind this spot was hot for me for years and then i noticed it started tapering off and i don't think it was me but you know this was like a I don't want to say a guaranteed one fish every time you went, but it was pretty darn close for musky terms. Then it got to one fish every couple trips, seeing a fish, and then it's then I'm like, well, it's not even worth my time anymore. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't discounted it altogether because there has to be fish there because the fish commission puts them in there. Um, These so areas are stocked. This is, this is a stocked system, mm-hmm. and... Some of the locals, I know some of the landowners and stuff, and they talk about why they feel that the fishing has become less and less. And that is in the spring, generally around the time that the muskies would spawn, there's a run of lamprey that can go up this river. And they put in lamprey killer. And I've discussed this with, remember going to uh, Chicago, Todd? And I discussed mm-hmm. this with Jarek when he worked for the Fish Commission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's two schools here saying um, when they put this lamprey killer in, it coincides with what landowners are seeing is a muskie die-off. And they're thinking that the muskies are compromised from the attempt to spawn. And this lamprey killer comes through. Jarek says that... If it's to kill lampreys and lampreys only, they would not put it in if they were killing other fish. I don't know where to sit on this, but the one time I went roughly, you know, I'd say weather-wise the same, I saw one fish and it was really bad, like sores are on it, and it was having a hard time staying upright swimming, and it wouldn't do nothing. And I'm like, well, maybe that is because... The lamprey killer's getting it. I don't know. Yeah. So <clears throat> I have a theory. I just was hoping that it was wrong. And then, I mean, because I, I was, there was a time I was just seeing a lot of fish out of this small area. And uh, so anyways, we're there fishing. Nothing's happening. We go down to the next spot. And it has changed dramatically to where I used to have a nice little sand knob that I could stand on. Me and Vance would have been able to fish there. Now there's this Goliath tree that's jammed there. Yeah. 
and to get down to this sand knob is probably four vertical feet but now you got to climb up on this tree and jump essentially over this bank and get down um i took that spot i in vance went upstream just just a hair we couldn't see each other and i'm fishing this spot and the spot looks great it's probably the deepest and biggest hole on this river but there's only been like of all my years fishing there one fish that was caught another fish that was lost and it was my wife that lost the fish at her feet literally the fish hit at her feet yeah and she started screaming and walked backwards and it fell off <laughs> as it was flopping half out on the sand yeah and half in the water <laughs> and so i'm there and I, where vance went was is shallower i'd almost say it's like it's like the number eight there's like a pool area. It get next down and it pulls up again. Mm-hmm. And the and the second pool is is larger. And I've caught a lot more fish where Vance went. I just climbed down on this little knob thing down there. So we're fishing, and so I'm working the bait. I'm not gonna explain all the dynamics, but I get a sucker on. <laughs> I hear all these this hooting hollering going on. I. I had to get the skunk out of the big splash, big splashes. Oh yeah. I'm like, God, I'm I forget what yeah. I yelled, but I'm like, I want to get your attention. And then here comes Vance up over the hill through the, like this brush. Yeah. And you're like, what's up? And I just pick up this sucker. I'm holding it like yeah. a 10 year old boy would with a bass on yeah. the line. The, the rod is just straight up in the air and the suckers hanging there. We got some good photos of that. And, uh, it was it, a big it, sucker. I it, mean, maybe 14, a, 14 inches. It was a solid 14-inch sucker. Yeah, that's a Greg Thomas sucker. It he was. I love that. And the funny, you know, Vance took those photos, sent it off to Todd, and Todd immediately picked up on the bait, and he goes, that one's still working for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, so I got a sucker. Then we went ahead and we went to the next spot, and uh, the spot on spot, did not lend well to me. I had some good stories about the area. We gave it the old college try. Mm-hmm. It was fun to get out. Then we went and got pizzas and called it a day. It's an interesting hitting up all these spots. It really is to me. Uh, and to know that, you know, in the past you've had success at, at them because you know that they should be there. They should be there. They were there. You've I gone, you were. you've revisited these spots. They were there again. Stuff like that. Just mm-hmm. what you, what you just said. These fish hold on this giant river system in these spots, and it could be balls to the wall, or it could be nothing. Uh, you know the the stories you've you you've told me. You've taken you know. Yeah, seven it, it, casts, seven. You've seen seven yeah, muskies. You yeah, know, so. in the one spot, the first spot we went, I moved seven fish in this this spot that was. What what do you think it was? Forty by sixty. Oh, I think like smaller than that. Okay, smaller than forty by sixty. Way smaller in the spring, and they were just all in there. It was essentially under a road. I mean, it was like under a bridge system almost. It was. Yeah. I mean. You go 100 yards downstream, that's when I had three muskies come out of a tree and follow at one time. Mm-hmm. And just going there and having multiple fish days and all this. But it's a very difficult area to fish. But I did it because I wanted to get, I wanted to catch fish. Mm-hmm. So I learned it. But obviously, like I just said, it just hasn't been yeah. putting it out like it like it once had they're difficult areas to fish i mean there's stuff everywhere it could change you know with a flood and whatnot i mean i'm, I'm like back flipping uh you know six to eight inch baits you know trying to get hit hit a spot when i'm fishing you know it's probably the biggest challenge that when i take people that aren't used to that kind of fishing is for them to figure out how to cast mm-hmm. and uh you know the thing is, is you saw this without any without any growth. In that second spot we went, if you'd go in July, the grasses and briars are over your head. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's it's not as easily seen. Obviously, the leaves are going to come out. Mm-hmm. But the other thing with this with this system, and I think you know what most people at least at least be at least aware of this, is 
be prepared for insects. Now, obviously, right now, <laughs> that, that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. I had Nitro, or Nick DeVito. I took him to a spot, and he's like, oh, no, man, they don't bug me, these mosquitoes. And I'm like, I don't think you understand what we're talking about here. <laughs> and he says, nope, they don't bother me at all. I'm like, okay. I had knee-high boots, full je- you know, jeans, a sweatshirt on. It's like 85 degrees outside. It's kind of rainy. I put on off, and I had a thermocell. And he's like, nah, I don't need it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He couldn't fish. He was smacking mosquitoes everywhere. Yeah. I was still smacking them with all my <laughs> precaution. You touch like, like a briar, and all of a sudden it's just like, how did that briar just like levitate? There are so many mosquitoes on these briar bushes. Wow. And, you know... Mosquitoes can carry bad things, but then there's also ticks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that that's my thing. You know, watch the insects and stuff. You don't want to get any. When I was down in Kentucky with the shed hunt, they were talking about this tick. I think it had like a red dot or something on its rear end. And that one is like if it bites you and it gives you this disease, you cannot eat protein. Like <laughs> Like your body will reject it and you'd puke. So like you could never eat steak or anything again. That's nice. That's terrible. Yeah, so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep an eye out for those ones. Yeah. Yeah, so, but you're probably not going to find them in the middle of the lake on a boat. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bank yanking's crazy. I mean, just the footing. We were up casting on a, you know, on a, on the bank and the, and the water was eight feet below us, you know. And you were in, you know, like silt, crazy mud. I've gotten photos that i had on facebook in that spot you were talking about and it's really fun when you get a fish because then you got to scale down you got to get down there yeah without sliding down because i know when i was younger and like you slipped and fell like in a mud puddle it ruined your day now you have to ride home in the truck with that yeah (laughs) yeah that would have been great it would have been awful it wouldn't have been great at all that was our fishing story, though. That was our fishing story. It wasn't... The sucker. The sucker. I caught a sucker. We had we had gone out. We had two hours to kill, and you know, we were working all morning, and we were just like, let's have some fun here. Let's just go out. And it was, it was a great time. I was just... It was nice just to get out. That's the advantage you know? of having a decent network of bank yanking spots, mm-hmm. because... You have two hours to kill. Like, we, we had thought about possibly taking the boat out. Mm-hmm. And we waded back and forth, and I finally made a decision. Even though we could fish 100% of the time when we're in the boat, mm-hmm. just getting the boat there and back, I felt, just wasn't wasn't worth the effort. So with the bank yanking, you know, I guess, you know, people ask us, what do you look for? For me, it's just a go there and fish. Just find a place to fish. Now, obviously, there are better places than others. But if you're looking for a winter, spring, you know, late fall, winter, spring spot, don't look for class three rapids. <laughs> look look for eddy pools, deeper water, yeah. you know, and you can never go wrong where two rivers meet up. Mm-hmm. Some are better than others, but very rarely will they not i'm laying unless they're two class three rapids hitting each other but uh yeah that that's things that i look for and uh you know we can hit more on that a little bit later but pretty much spots on rivers it's spots on on these streams there's a reason you revisit them over and over again because i've caught fish there or i think there's going to be fish there yeah it's like anything else. You pull up to a weed bed and you're like, oh, yeah, there's a fish here. There's got to be a fish here. Mm-hmm. Chances are there are. Just because you don't catch them the first time through doesn't mean there isn't a fish. You've, uh, you guys have often alluded to, uh, you know, I have to go somewhere right now. My best chance of getting a muskie. Oh, yes. Todd, your, your thing. What, yeah. give you 50 casts or something? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I we we've done that. Yeah, we've talked about that. There's no doubt. 
I mean, I'm going to pick a stream that probably doesn't hold hardly any muskies, but I'm going to pick my little local stream. There's there's oh, two, three little holes. I could take 10 casts in each one. I figured, I, I don't care if I was, I don't care if you said I could go to Lake St. Clair to, or in any body water in the world. I feel I'd have my best shot at getting a fish some of these little local holes that I have just because, I mean, they, they, uh, they're there year after year after year. You know, it's, it's at certain eddy behind a big rock. This stuff doesn't move. You know, the weed beds aren't changing. They're not out there roaming around in, in open water, chasing bait fish around. Uh, you know, they're there. You can skip it for 10 years and I can go back and like, Oh, yep. There's a fish, you know, uh, the, the the streams can be very predictable. I mean, and it's it, it's known around here. Even our big stream, the Allegheny River and stuff. You know, uh, the places get crowded uh, because it gets found out where everyone's fishing. You know, and uh, especially over the winter months. You know, that's when the the fish are, as Andy said earlier. You know, those feeder streams and you know our our the, the small streams that I'm talking about where I've spent a majority of my time when I've done it are the same, basically what Andy's talking about fishing, you know what I mean? Now, those streams, it's not like they can swim out into the, you know, all, all, most of these streams all feed the Allegheny River in one way or another, you know, upstream, downstream, that we're fishing now. Obviously, when they get into the big water down there, now it's opened up into a gigantic, uh, you know, I think a lot of those fish do go out and, and just spend spend a lot of their summer out in the big water, you know, but... Uh, you know, these, these feeder streams and these little eddies that are up, you know, when these fish are traveling, when they're coming, I mean, you know, they migrate up through there to do sort of a, a spawn. They seem to show up in the fall over the winter that the fish are just very predictable. And man, when you can get on those spots, I think it's the easiest fishing you can do for muskies. And the, the, uh, the, you know, the thing about it is all of our lakes and reservoirs around here, you know, the, the dam systems that, that they have, I mean, it's well known throughout the country you always hear about all the fish that get out and get into the spillway you know there's a lot of places they're doing recovery tactics where they're you know netting the fish out and putting them back into the lake so our little streams are getting stocked not only by with fingerlings uh they're getting stocked by the big lakes you know the the two big my two biggest pennsylvania muskies with all the fishing i've done you took percentage-wise, it would make up 5% of the time I've spent muskie fishing in Pennsylvania. But my two biggest fish are out of a stream that I can I can cast across. Uh, there's, there's, I mean, you can cast across it very easily. I don't know that those fish lived their whole entire life in that stream. I think they came out of the lake at one point, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the you know, learning your local streams and, you you know, there's going to be times it's going to feel weird. It's, you're going to seem – the one thing about it, some, you know, some people you can tell them exactly, yeah, go try this area. And they can go there. If they don't get quick success, it's real easy to be like, this is ridiculous. There's a guy throwing a rooster tail catching trout beside me, and they're laughing at me throwing this 8-inch bait. You know what I mean? Uh there, there, there are times when, when I felt that way, you know, when I've been searching for areas that I was like, man, they should be in here. You know, they're, if they're here and they're here, they should be in here. And I've had, I've, I've done numerous runs on areas and not seen any fish, you know, but, uh, man, once you find the spots, like I said, it's just a continually getting stalked by these lakes, uh, all the river systems everywhere, you know, they're doing, Greg's been talking about it more down there and can, Kentucky, of course, that was a river fishery before the lake was even there. But uh, those guys are doing a lot more of it over the winter in 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 there in in the streams. Uh, I think it's the uh, you know if guys that want to continue, I don't do very I do very little of it anymore, you know. But uh, when and you when you really have, want to have fun and going back to our our power ranking there, you know, it is really really cool when you're throwing that bait in this little stream you can cast across in a you know mid 40 inch fish starts tail walking down that stream <laughs> yeah it is very satisfying it is a really neat feeling and you're standing there and waiters or you have one follow your waiters and the next thing you know it's like 
it's circled behind you and it's going around the back of you. It's, it's between you and shore. And then it darts back out into the hole. You know, you're, 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 you're in, you're right there with them. You know, the, the, the place that I fish, I use waders mostly, most of the places that I fish. I don't have a lot of those places like Andy's talking where I'm actually fishing on the bank. I'm actually like waiting, uh, more often than not, but, uh, it is satisfying and it's, it's really neat and it hold and they hold some big fish. Do you, uh, so you, you think like with the stream and river stuff, like during a certain time of year, the fish are in these certain spots and they're held there. Like you, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the small streams, you know, the smaller streams, these ones you can cast across, they only have so much they can do, you know what I mean? They, they're, you know, they get into these certain pools and eddies. And I mean, it's basically the same all summer long some of those areas you know now when you get into the ones where where you have feeder streams and stuff uh that's where the fish seem to congregate at those little feeder streams and that's more of it seems to be more like a you know uh winter well fall i know that's when andy's favorite time of the year is you know Mm -hmm. to fish fish his streams that late fall throughout the winter if you can continue doing it the ice isn't bad in the spring you know that's when, that's when, that's when, uh, you know, that's when I, myself and, you know, the guys I know, uh, that, that do it quite often, that's when they do it when they do it. You know, the fish are big, they're heavy, they're filled with eggs right now. Uh, yeah, the, it's your chance at a big one, you know, really a chance at a real big one. And it can be very simple. You know, once you find those spots, some of these guys just go and just stand and sit, sit on the same spot. They'll just go fish a spot for hours, you know, cause the fish are, they're waiting for those fish to come through cause they are moving in, you know, they're, they're, you know, some are probably held there and some are just maybe laying around and not active, but, uh, yeah, th- that's, a, uh, you know, way more than, than, than lake fishing. You don't hear a lot, you know, guys get some through the ice and stuff on the lakes, but the, the lakes just aren't near, those fish are not near as active as those stream fish, the river fish. They just, they just aren't. You know, they're very lethargic. I've spent many, 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 many days out there, you know, lake fishing on great musky waters with, with baits out. And, yeah, we catch some, but it's a lot of hours, <laughs> lots of hours uh, of, of watching watching your tip-ups and stuff. You know what I mean? Your better chances, are, you know, in my eyes, for me, much better chance to hit those, hit that flowing water. For some reason, those fish just seem to stay a little more active. Yeah, I <clears throat> I think it's the fact that they're burning calories the whole time. Yeah, it could be it. I mean, obviously they could probably find a spot where they just lay down. Mm-hmm. But any movement they do is is going to require either a lot more force to get moving mm-hmm. or they're just going downstream just just moving along. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, yeah. When you're looking for these these spots, uh you know, when you first started, like, getting into the eddy holes and the mm-hmm. river and stream fishing, uh, scouting, what are you looking? Where are you going? Okay. <clears throat> uh, an overview on, on how I did it was hit the obvious holes and think about why you think the fish are there. And an easy one is look for the guys that are walleye fishing in the fall. Mm-hmm. Real easy. The bucket fishermen. If there's walleyes there, there's generally going to be muskies there. So then I would say, oh, all these times I'm driving around here, I see people with lanterns fishing here. So then you go and explore that. And pretty soon you can get a pretty decent map going on. There's some predator fish here. You know, whether it be smallmouth, walleyes, whatever. They're here because there's food there. It's not a stretch to think that there won't be muskies there. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, so then after that, you start having some success. Then I ended up just Google earth and stuff Mm -hmm. looking for more. And, you know, within a half hour's drive, you can have a lot of different spots that hold it, especially when you pull up, if if these areas are being stocked, if they're being stocked, it's slam dunk. That's what I I'm thinking about, you know, like when. I first started fishing and whatnot when I was a little boy. And, uh, you know, we would go fishing at 
for trout, you know, mm-hmm. in the areas that were stocked. Mm-hmm. Um, people still do that all the time, you know. Opening day of trout, you open up the paper, they're being stocked, you know, May 9th and 10th at this hole, you know, and stuff like that. You go there, start there, that's a great idea. Right. Now, they're least, stocking a lot of money. Oh, the, yeah, Pennsylvania Pennsylvania's stocking a lot, a lot of waters with a decent amount of fish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, you're not, you know, where they stock the muskies, they don't really pinpoint that they're, they're putting them right here. They'll give you a section of river and mm-hmm. say, this section received this many mm-hmm. fingerlings. Mm-hmm. And by the time that they're catchable, which was probably three years. Yeah. They can do a little movement in three years. They can move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that there was one one study or something like that. I think it was in Virginia or something. They had a tagged muskie, and I, I could be butchering this. Like, it moved 60 miles in a season. Like, it was caught and then caught again 60 miles, you know, a direction up, mm-hmm. upstream or downstream there's no like side stream on a 60 mile but um so yeah they they have fins they can go where the water goes so yeah it's it's not like the put and take to where they just open up the hatch all these trout fall in this pool yeah and they chill and then there's just they're just there you see them everywhere mm-hmm. um but yeah so make sure there's going to be fish there now just because it's not stocked doesn't mean there's not fish there but if it's stocked, then you know there's going to be fish there. In the area. In, in the, the water. Yeah, in the that, water. That's somewhere. the biggest thing. And then for me, Google Earth, starting, you know, do your homework and knocking on doors. If you think this place has a good, good something that looks good off of the Internet, figure out who owns it and make some phone calls, knock on some doors. It's a little bit weird at first, but. Yeah. Hey, do you mind if I fish this section? They're like, hey. River behind you. Yeah. Based off my research as I've been looking at your house through satellite images, <laughs> I think that's I could catch a fish in your backyard. Do you mind if I do that? <laughs> yeah. Prob- take- probably hone it a little bit better than what I just did. but um, I've been watching your property from satellite images. And I've been creeping by yeah. slowly. I've been dry. You hear a shotgun yeah, load. loading in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you deal with a lot of private property in doing this, you know. Uh, it, it, you know, these smaller smaller streams and stuff. Even some of the larger ones, you know, just getting the access can be a, can be a, uh, a struggle at times. Uh, there are places I'd like to fish that I know you can't. You know, the people have posted, they don't allow, allow anybody down there, you know. Uh, yeah. That's... You, you're going to run into that kind of stuff. This is kind of like this is a true story, but it, it kind of it kind of fits it. There, there was a guy. Actually, he was a professor at at the college I went to. My father went to the same college, and uh, he owns property very close to here. And my dad had him as a professor. I had him as a professor. We know him from the local sportsman's club all this stuff and that. So I call him up one day and I'm like, Hey, is that your property out this, this? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'd really like to ask you. And I heard him. He goes, Oh boy. <laughs> like he's getting ready to say no or preparing what he's going to say. Cause he was anticipating. I was going to ask for hunting access. And I'm like, do you mind if I go in there and fish? And he's like, fish yeah i don't care go in there you know just like people it's not the same as trying yeah. to knock on someone's door that has a big buck that they've been watching mm-hmm. and most people don't mind you know and some some tips on asking permission is obviously look them in the eyes <laughs> introduce who you are i always try to not hide what i really want to do i tend to try to show up in boots cuz most of these people are not city folk living in apartments Mm -hmm. these people have land you want to walk on them they can relate to someone in jeans and boots and a you know a sweatshirt or a flannel or what have you not a jehovah witness style approach yeah exactly and go there and you know i say hey i 
just wondering, you know, I've been I've been looking from the road and stuff like that. Looks like you got a good section of, you know, good section of property here that has that creek border. Do you mind if I go and explore it and go fishing? And you know, there's times that they're like, you know, I'd really like, you know, not to have that. Like, okay. People in my backyard, yeah. And there are other times the guy will be like, hop on my gator. Let's go. I'll show you my holes. Yeah. And he'll go and he's more than happy to tote you around and, and show you stuff. And so it, you get, you're going to get a lot more yeses than nos if you compare it to asking permission for hunting. So with that, you know, so you've already done your scouting through the air from satellite images. You go knock on doors, you get that, and you find a spot that looks fishy, and you just, you keep at it. I've said it many times. I have a whole, I was going to take you to it. It took me three years to catch a muskie out of. Yeah. And I was going to take you there, and I just, we decided to go to the complete other way. Yeah. Um, but you just keep grinding on it, but... Your time to scout will be, if you really want to get into doing this, it's going to need to be in the summer. Low water. You can see what the heck you're doing. It'll save you a lot of money in baits. Mm-hmm. You might think a section oh, looks, yeah. it looks incredible, and you fish it, and you just lose baits, lose baits, lose baits, mm-hmm. lose baits. You go and check it the next summer, you're like, I don't even know why I was fishing here. This place looks awful. Yeah. The water's low and clear. Check it out. Yeah. And uh, uh, going back to that permission thing, I will generally always tell them that I may have a friend with me. I will walk in with a backpack or a a bag of sorts. I carry no food. I will not litter. Mm -hmm. That's what that's saying. Because where we're at around here, there's people, you know, closer to like Erie and stuff that have steelhead in their yards from the rivers and that's one big thing is people don't like the trash that pigs leave behind yeah and i tell them there's no food here i'm going to be in and out if you see me i probably won't be there in an hour mm-hmm. but i might hit this spot five or six times a year mm-hmm. and then i then I, I always follow up by asking every time i stop here do you want me to check in mm-hmm. and i've never had someone say yes check in every time yeah so yeah there was there was this one time the spot that I didn't where we went but I said we're not going to be going upstream mm-hmm. is we walk through like this I'm going to call it like an orchard but it's I think it's more like a nut tree I don't know a bunch of nut trees I'm not sure if you consider that an orchard or not mm-hmm. but then you have to climb up and over this old abandoned railroad bed it's not that big but on the back side it's more of like that nut tree orchard and this place has horses and there have been times that, like, I am walk I walk up and I'm on this old abandoned railroad bed and I look down and I see a couple, like, teenage girls riding their horse. Mm. And I'm like, they have no idea I'm here. I'm not just going to, like, barrage right down the other side yeah. and freak them out. So it's like I'm just hunkered down hiding. Yeah. I'm like, please don't see me sitting oh here God. looking at you. You Creep. feel weird because, you know, yeah. they didn't ask you to check in, but... I wait for them to pass, and I go down, and I fish my spot, and then I get out of there. Yeah. And there's, like, a sense of urgency because it's not, like, yours. You have permission to be there. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it was an old lady that, that gave me permission who owns it. That's probably, like, a granddaughter and her friend riding the horses they have there, and mm-hmm. they would know nothing about permission. Yeah. They'd run home, tell their dad. <laughs> dad calls the cops. Yeah. Next thing you know, so. <laughs> but, you know, that that's the stuff, you know, just just be respectful in general. And, and there's a lot of legwork going into getting these spots there is. that you have that you have over over the years and have had success at. But you generally hit these spots up in the fall and then in the spring, right? Generally speaking, yeah. I mean, like the the, the section that we went to, that would be a summer spot of mine because there's there's no other option for those fish. How much success have you had in the summer as compared to those other months? Eh, I'd say if if we're talking spring summer and fall fall is my number one producer i'm gonna say summer is number two spring see the thing is i fished less in the summer Mm. on these spots but especially where we went i had a really high success rate yeah the spring i said like i've said earlier it's hit and miss you hit a good day and you think that you're like god's gift to muskies yeah you hit days like you're like there's not even a fish around Mm -hmm. so but Todd, what what do you think? 
best chance, best. Yeah, best I, I, I liked what Andy. I, I liked what Andy was saying about that. I used to when I used to do it a lot. Uh, I did. I did scout. I mean, I, I scouted the. I scouted the areas, and I actually scouted the fish. I mean, some of these places are, you know, the holes get so small, uh, or you know, the the, the 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 water gets so low, they really get concentrated in there. And I'll just sight sight through there and look and you you'll see you know i'll see a couple one two three you know you you'll see the muskies laying out in that hole and uh now i know they're 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 in the area i mean it really really was scouting i also liked what andy was saying about the i'm not saying that was the best time we had at catching them though in summer but as andy said i didn't do it a lot i usually did it more in the spring and fall you know i did it once the summer was rolling around i mean i was in the boat and i was going places you know Mm-hmm. uh early season uh, you know i i would say that early you know the, the post spawn is probably for me has been my best success you know month of may around around memorial day there you know early season before chautauqua would really get going uh i know like when when the season opened up the first of may in pennsylvania all those years we would chase them around in the lakes and we'd get some fish and i could usually get out and have more success more success hitting my little stream spots. Uh, but that was later than, 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 you know, that, that would definitely be after spawn. I also like the thing about Andy. I mean, some of the places I go that, so they did, maybe there wasn't a good place to park and I knew I could get down in there. I mean, I might park a long ways away and I'd be walking up the road. And like Andy said, if I would hear a car, something coming, I would like dive into the weeds and like lay down until the car went past because you have a lot of guys around that you know i'm 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 right around elwood city pennsylvania you know and there's a lot of musky fishermen there and i didn't really want to see somebody like why todd why are you walking down this street with your saint croix in hand with a big you know I'm confused and lost. Yeah, jerkbait on your pole. What What are you doing? And it's like, oh, nothing. I'm just turkey going hunting. For a walk. I just take my pole with me. Yeah, no, no. And I, I would do that. I would hear like, you know, hear the car like, oh crap, you know. And I would jump in and wait, wait till they went past. Then I get up and book down the road. And sometimes I'm walking. I've, I literally some of the spots that I go to, I walk through. As Andy said, hunting. I mean, I, I've walked past areas where I've shot spring gobblers. You got to walk down over the hill and get down through the woods. And, it is a little bit uh, strange, but it, it it it's always nicer in the spring for me, also because of the other thing Andy was saying, you know, man, the summertime, you know, now you're putting on that walk, it's hot, you got waders on, there's bugs, the briars can be horrible, you know, <laughs> early, early in the year you can get there without, you know, uh, a lot easier, you know, that's when I've enjoyed doing it, but you know, the the, the scouting is important, like you said, you know. Find one that water's low, and that's where you can really learn the water and know you're not casting into two feet of water and losing lures, you know. It's the same like Andy said. Uh, I've always liked the early season for those for, for the things. And in the winter when you can fish them, you know. I don't do it a lot. I'm always hunting and stuff. But, you know, to go down there in the winter when the water's right, that's the big thing with the streams, you know. Andy will also tell you that's the frustrating part of it. There's years that you don't even never even get the stream right, you know. That's, you know, it's going to be one of you know a couple of other good uh, power rankings here, you know, coming to mind. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, rain can change everything, and you know, uh, muddy water, and but man, when it gets low and clear, that's when you can really just take off and hike and learn these waters. Just like Andy said, and it's the same as a lake. You find a nice big weed bed. If the lake's got a good, a nice population of muskie in it, and you find a nice big weed bed, and you see guys walleye fishing there, and you see perch in those weed beds, there's muskies there. They might not be there right now, but they're going to use that weed bed. There's nothing that would keep them away from that weed bed, you know. Uh, the holes are the same way. If, the, if, if there's a population of muskies in there, you can come to a hole and say, you know, on my stream, the whole the, 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 when I find a hole, every single one that I've ever found that I said that looks like a muskie, I've taken muskies out of all of them. Now, are there better ones? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, there's ones that are much better. But uh, if there's muskie population there, and you have a nice big eddy, and there's some fast water up above, and I mean, at any given time, a fish could be there. Absolutely. I mean it. 
I don't know really what else to say. I mean, there are some gimme spots. I always try to get the easy fish first. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of work. It is mm-hmm. <clears throat> to 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 do it successfully. You're gonna have some time scouting, but like as Todd was saying, you find them holes. They're gonna be there. Some will be there in the summer. More might be there in the fall, in the winter, in the spring. But they're they're there. They they don't have any other option. They can't get up and walk away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you follow some of those guidelines and stuff. You can have 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 a lot of fun, especially if it's just a short trip. Mm-hmm. And I just need to prove to Vance that you can catch them on the bank. <laughs> oh God, I know you can. That's crazy seeing those things come out of a foot of water like that. You know, fish, pike. You know, and then it must be like that. It, it just, uh, it's crazy. Because I was so accustomed to doing it down in, you know, the Pittsburgh area. Legit Pittsburgh area. Uh, you know, like the city and those little little streams in there. Uh, just all, tra- you know, trout fishing. I was going to say that, like, the, the ones the th- that they're just concrete bottom, concrete sides. They're just... I mean, stuff like that. But then, you know, there's little tribs and stuff where, you know, they would... Stock mm-hmm. trout, and that's where you'd go on the opener and stuff, you know. And the thing that would be intimidating to me is the fact that those rivers down by Pittsburgh are enormous. Well, the, it's not, it wasn't really necessarily like the big Allegheny uh, River. Well, it's still, it's like so close to connecting to it. Whereas, like, I'm dealing with smaller size rivers, if you'd even mm-hmm. call it that. Yeah, streams. And, and then you got streams feeding it to where it's not super intimidating, where they're pulling coal barges up the yeah up the river yeah and i've fished on those too you know for bass and, and you're like it's 50 feet deep out here and it's two miles wide yeah like, yeah. what this fish doesn't know it's a river <laughs> yeah right, mm-hmm. right 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 i mean you know pennsylvania has a, a very very elaborate river system obviously western pennsylvania you know all the big three rivers and all the feeder streams and i mean there's no doubt the guys in pennsylvania uh you know the, the the guys fishing the streams and the rivers are way out producing the guys fishing our lakes. There's just no doubt about it. That's where the that's that's where the action is. You know, that's yeah. where that, that's that's where guys are doing it. You know, I have I, I was on the phone with a friend the other day. A buddy has got five the other day. Uh, you know, and, and and he's getting them all the time like that. <laughs> uh, you know, the river systems are just they're out producing. They've been getting stocked heavy, and as I said, lots of escapees. They travel around some, but man, when you find those spots on the spot in those rivers, you got something. We'll end it on that. Nothing else to be said about it. Yeah. Yep. So uh, check out Fat Easy Musky products, fatazmusky.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. You can book Vance or Todd on a fishing trip. You can also get some Boshads at Boshad.com. You can get them at Mark's Bait Tackle and Ammo, Ravenna, Ohio. They have an online store that is up and running. They carry many Boshads in many colors. They're the world's largest stocking Boshad dealer. And uh, they got a Facebook page, Boshad.com. Check them out. And St. Croix Rods, best on earth. If you're in a market, look at them. They probably got something to fit your needs. So till next time, good luck fishing.